You are listening to The Social Hotelier Show, a podcast that inspires hoteliers to create meaningful and memorable experiences for their customers in pursuit of their passion. We share our views and experiences relating to hospitality, technological trends, and also relating to humanity. Here is your host, Sam Eric Rutman. Hello and welcome to The Social Hotelier Podcast. I am your host, Sam Eric Rutman. This week we welcome to the show Ron Swedler, Chief Innovation Officer, the Geddes Group of Companies. Ron created the Hotel of Tomorrow Project, an industry-leading think tank that has brought together hundreds of companies for many years to envision the future of hospitality. Ron will share what the Hotel of Tomorrow Project is all about, the concepts and the ideation focus 2022. So join my discussion with Ron. Well, we know each other from the past, especially I, I heard about you with the Haga Helia uh, for the university and uh, also uh, for some reason uh, when I was in Malta in, in June, there was a Mediterranean tourism forum and I think people were hoping to see you there. So you are very, very popular. People are looking up after hearing from your expertise and what, you, what your thoughts are about where the hospitality should be leading to. Well, it's very kind. Thank you. I, I'm um, for some reason I have uh, some some wonderful friends in Finland, and uh, I'm very fortunate in that regard. And um, so, I, over the years, I've had the pleasure of of visiting uh, Helsinki several times and working with Hagahelia University. And and yes, that conference in Malta was kind enough to reach out to me to see if. I might be available to join them. Um, at one point, I thought that they were going to ask me to be a hologram at the conference, which I was excited about. I, I've been an avatar uh, in virtual reality. I have never been a hologram. I got, I got really excited about that, but uh, that didn't work out this year. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, it's going to be every year, so uh, I'm sure they will reach out to you again. I think it, it was a very good event in, in Malta this year, and uh, there's always a very different focus uh, on uh, each year, and I think the effort is to come to to bring uh, Mediterranean as one, not in Africa or or Europe, but actually to bring the Mediterranean together. So it could be a very interesting opportunity, considering of uh, looking at uh, the Hotel of Tomorrow project and and also what you are doing. Well. Uh, look, this is a global initiative. We're going to talk a little bit about what we've been doing with the Hotel of Tomorrow project. But as you know, Sam Eric, the the world uh, is more connected than it's ever been, and frankly, I think that's a great thing. And uh, and we've all just been through this pandemic together. I say it as if it's in our rearview mirror, as if it's really behind us. Of course, it is not fully behind us yet, uh, but uh, it does feel like the worst of what we've been through is behind us. And it was a shared experience. And part of what the Hotel of Tomorrow Project aimed to do was bring people together, regardless of where they were. And that's, of course, how you and I had the pleasure of uh, getting to know one another. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I'm also, I feel the same with you. I mean, of course, it is, I'm still cautious, and many of my friends are still cautious, considering that we went through the last couple of years with, uh, with uh, COVID and so on. Uh, one thing, which is a positive thing, uh, we are washing our hands and... and <laughs> keeping a little bit of a distance and uh, making sure we have the, the sanitizer with us. I still have my sanitizer with me wherever I go. So I think that's 
Well, those two things, I mean, I wash hand, of course, all the time, but the sanitizer bottle is always with me despite of this, and I think it will remain with me for a long, long time. Well, you know, I, I can't resist a Finnish joke there, Sam Eric, which is that the Finns have always good, been good about distancing themselves a little bit, um, far better than the Americans. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You just watched uh, uh, at, the, at the bus terminal, people are standing in line waiting for the bus or... or <laughs> Or the or the tram or or not. So yeah, that's the that's the culture. We don't want to disturb each other too much, I guess. But we like to talk very loud on the mobile phone. That uh, doesn't bother us anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get uh, to uh, what we are here to talk about. Besides uh, that, we know each other from the past, and also your relation to Finland, which I'm very very proud of that you are. Uh, but the, the, what has connected us also is that we are both in a, in the same think tank, and I, I learned more what you're doing with the, the Hotel of Tomorrow project, which is, I think, a fascinating in, initiative. And uh, is this something that you have developed over the years? So can you just uh, help us to understand uh, what the Hotel of Tomorrow project is about and how it got started? Sure. So um, thank you. Uh, it's a global think tank. It was started back in 2004. Uh, it includes people from hotel brands, owners, operators, designers, architects, and students. Um, we have sponsor companies now. Uh, we've grown over time to be several hundred people who are participating. Um, and those participants come from various parts of the hotel industry, and most importantly, perhaps from outside the hotel industry as well. Um there are very large brands involved, like Meta, uh, for example, formerly Facebook, um, NVIDIA, a huge tech company, Hilton, IHG, and Marriott are all involved. And uh, then there have been some other brands involved. Citizen M is involved. Four Seasons is involved. Um, so gratefully, uh, there have been a lot of hotel brands that see value in what we're doing. There are also manufacturer companies, like uh, large global companies like Millican Flooring and Kohler, uh, Williams-Sonoma. Um, we have the American Hotel and Logic Association as sponsor participants. And then there are a bunch of smaller companies that are kind of tech startups like Lively or MindClick, which is a, a fascinating company focused on sustainability and monitoring the carbon footprint of all of the products that go into hotels and come out of hotels. Um, and we also have universities from around the world. We talked about Hagahalia University previously, but we also have uh, Institute Public Cues and EM Lyon from France. We have Hotel School The Hague, um, EHL, and Breda University uh, from the Netherlands, and we have Cornell University here in the U.S. Now, there were also some other universities like Ohio State University who participated, uh, and we appreciate those people from the universities that, that also brought their perspective, which is critically important, honestly, to have an emerging kind of future leader, um, or a series of future leaders, giving their opinions of, of what's most important to the future. So so you have this, this large group of people, you have a couple hundred people, you have these large corporations that have a vested interest in the future, whether they're hotel brands, owners, operators, designers, et cetera. Um, and then we facilitate a, a series of workshops that allow people to collaborate, allow uh, each of these companies to tell us what are the most pressing issues 
that they are focusing on for the future. Imagine for a second if you're Hilton or Marriott or IHG or uh, Accor, um, and you're trying to look to the future to satisfy that future guest demand. And they are, of course, constantly looking at their existing brands and their pipeline for creation of new brands. And they need to look five, 10 plus years out. So we facilitate a series of online synchronous and asynchronous workshops. We use some pretty incredible technology tools like um, one called Battery, which is uh, essentially a resource library uh, of articles and innovations that are happening around the world. And we bring all of these things to the attention of our participants so they can be more aware that, oh, you know, in retail in this part of the world or in housing in this part of the world, someone is doing something. Or there's lots of uh, innovation that's happening constantly around us that uh, it's very hard to know what we should be paying attention to. So the Hot Project or Hotel Tomorrow Project is meant to bring to the surface a lot of these um, innovations and ideas and then give the proper consideration to how might we in hospitality integrate some of that thinking into our future projects. And then lastly, um, as we, you and I were just chatting about, you know, we, we've been going through a pandemic. So um, we needed to bring people together virtually. Um, and again, it's a global initiative, so uh, it's much less expensive to uh, get on a video call. Um, but we wanted to kind of test this idea of what the future of meetings might look like. We don't want to just talk about what the future might be. We wanted to experience it ourselves. So we used virtual reality to build a virtual meeting place for the members and participants and sponsors of the Hotel Tomorrow Project to come together in virtual reality on an airship that we created in the metaverse. And uh, we had the pleasure of you actually coming and presenting as an avatar there as well. So uh, I'm going to turn the tables on you. What, um, we're, at some point, we, I'd love to know what your experience was like as a participant in the HOT project and, and as an avatar in virtual reality. Well, I, I, th I, th I think it's a, I'm actually fascinated about uh, innovation and technology. And uh, even though I'm, I'm born and brought up in the analog era, I think that's something I, I don't relate to so much anymore. I'm always curious and keen to see what are the new, in, in new things that's coming up and, and testing these things. And, and, and being in a spaceship and, and, and in a VR environment, I thought it was very, very fascinating. Uh, I think technology will evolve. And I think eventually, I think these goggles will get a little bit smaller. <laughs> so they're more, more comfortable to wear. And I think uh, eventually all of this will be, uh, I think uh, it's, a, it's a process and a progress that we are moving into. And we're looking, if, if somebody's watching this discussion 10 years from now, and they say, oh, why, they were in big goggles at that time. Is that really... How could, how could they manage? So I think uh, as long as there is a positive attitude about uh, be, being on, uh, on virtual reality and because the hotel's going to be, whether they like it or not, even though we'd like to talk about the face-to-face -face, uh, being in, in a person, there's also another element where we are not able to travel for whatever reason or we want to research where we want to go next. And then this is the way to, to find out more and maybe you can start to feel the senses in a different way that you could 
even in 2022. So yeah, I think it was fascinating and I congratulate you for, 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 for doing this. Thank you. It was a very ambitious project. Um, ambitious is code word for crazy. Um, <laughs> and uh, there were a lot of incredible people that supported um, this effort. So I, you know, I, I would be remiss if I didn't stop for a moment and say thank you to you. Thank you to all of the sponsor companies and the members and participants uh, and my team here at the Gettys Group in Chicago um, for their support. Um, you know, it does take some courage uh, to be trying new things. Uh, and this was definitely an opportunity to try new things. But it was, new, as I say, it was a bit of an experiment and an experience for everyone involved. Yeah. I mean, hotels are notoriously known for being behind the curve. So I'm curious about seeing how you see <clears throat> how you see the hotels picking up on all these fantastic initiatives that you are you're bringing to the table are actually going taking it a step further and implementing uh, what is technologically possible what's your thoughts on that well, well you 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 raise a, a a great point which is how does innovation actually find its way into the hospitality industry and you know, I believe that for now it's been happening kind of project by project, client by client, brand by brand, uh, and it takes some it takes some um, ambition and courage and commitment to innovation to even try new things. Uh, the hotel industry, as as you and I know, is is uh, fraught with challenges. It, you're dealing with a perishable inventory. You're dealing with investors who have high expectations of return on investment. Uh, and uh, oftentimes, uh, we find more conservative capital finding its way into hotel investments. I say that with all due respect. We're hotel developers ourselves. Um, and uh, so taking a risk of integrating new ideas, new technologies, it's often expensive, not just in the initial capital outlay, but in the maintenance and uh, also the human capital required in order to kind of, you know, integrate and then test and refine some of those solutions. Um, so, you know, it is one of the reasons why we started the Hotel of Tomorrow, actually. I, I described what it was uh, and a little bit about how, how we did it, but maybe I'll take a moment to tell you why we started the Hotel of Tomorrow project overall. And, and it was because there was a... Um, there's a realization that our industry is really siloed. You know, um, I know that's a very uh, overused term, but the truth is that these hotel brands are incubating ideas. They're just doing it in their own basements. Um, and for those of you who have been in Marriott's basement in Bethesda, uh, you know they have uh, an experimental lab where they're testing new uh, new ideas and and creating new brands. And I've had the pleasure of working with the major brands on new brand innovation. And, and I think it's incredibly important and, and wonderful that they are. But um, the industry requires some cross-collaboration. If we're all facing some of the same problems around sustainability or around sanitization and protocols, um, 
take something like contact tracing, for example, which I'm, I'm jumping ahead as, a, as I relate to some of the challenges that we're facing here, but, but to know where people have actually been in a hotel and the surfaces that might need to be cleaned and maintained, this is um, complex software required, and um, you, you need sensors to know where people are. You need uh, systems that can track that. You need people that can go clean in those areas. And then in the event that there is some kind of outbreak, you need to be able to analyze that data and go backwards and contact the guests that may have been um, exposed in those places. Well, that isn't a problem, frankly, that is going to be solved at a brand level. Uh, and it may be solved at a technology level that is way beyond hospitality. But do we as, as brand creators reach for outsiders for beyond our own industry to help us solve these complex problems? Um, and the answer is not all the time. So uh, we're facing problems we've never had to wrestle with before. You know, Sam, Eric, I remember uh, post 9-11 here in America, um, the conversation around security became um, a critical one on the hotel projects that we were working on. And we were asked questions about metal detectors and, and uh, cameras and face recognition software and, and um, all kinds of ways of, of integrating additional security. And there were cost issues uh, associated with it, but there were also kind of personal privacy issues that we were dealing with for the first time. We don't have, we're not trained as architects and designers and branding people. We're not trained in security. We're not, and we're not trained in healthcare, uh, in sanitization. Um, so we need to bring in people from outside our industry and make them part of the conversation. And another thing I'll tell you is, uh, and I had the pleasure of working on a very complex brand for the development of a brand, the Tempo brand for Hilton. And I applaud them for being willing to bring manufacturers into the process of designing the brand. Because when we say, for example, that we need to integrate antimicrobial or antibacterial materials into horizontal surfaces in a guest room or vertical surfaces in a bathroom, um, those are problems that the manufacturers are wrestling with right now. So we need to be able to bring them into the conversation, tell us what's available, understand the cost-benefit analysis, and then as we look to create new hotel solutions or hospitality solutions, we understand what the repercussions are. Um, so back to my long-winded answer to why we started it. I mean, part of it is is because we're, we're siloed in the industry. Part of it is that there are people who should be in the conversation that just aren't invited uh, often to participate in the conversation. Uh, part of it is we're, again, facing questions we don't have answers to, so we need expertise. Um, and, you know, we also are seeing something that I'm sure you're seeing I'm certainly seeing it with my students at um, at Haga and at Institute Public Cues, which is they they're sensitive to the way that real estate is utilized. They think that hospitality should be part of a solution, not a complete solution. How do we integrate healthcare, higher education, multifamily, office, retail into a single building? And um, 
it's there are a lot of buildings out there in certain categories such as retail that have high vacancy rates. Um, how do we look for a kind of a a multi-dimensional solution for the highest and best use of that real estate. And then lastly, the reason why we started is because, frankly, we're just, we enjoy the process of exploration and and discovery. And um, so for all those reasons, we decided it would be uh, a good idea to bring people together and talk about the future. Very good. Um, uh, I have some slides from uh, uh, the project. Uh, would you like to share some of the uh, the themes and challenges that the participants focused on? Yeah, I'd love to. Thanks. Yeah, um, sure. I'll, I'll set this up as we go. Uh, if you don't mind, I'll talk over the slides. But um, you know, we we contemplated as a we, we ran a series of workshops with all the participants and then we ran another series of workshops to refine the initial ideas um, and we generated hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of ideas this year um, nearly a thousand ideas this year and and nearly a thousand the year before and then uh, we decided which ones we might combine and put into artistic renderings that we could share with the public and the media. Uh, so what you're going to see, I believe, is about six slides that represent some of the future thinking of the Hotel Tomorrow Think Tank. Um, so you can advance it. These were the areas of focus. And and frankly, I think that we'll take a moment here because it's important to understand what the top issues were that we as a a large group were focused on. These were the issues that we think that consumers are going to be focusing on the future and also what the brands are saying help us look at these problems in a new way. So the first is tech-enhanced creation and construction. Uh, Let me take a moment to explain that. Um, Look, the way that we design, and again, I mentioned we're a design firm, the way that we design is very different than uh, we used to. Technology is is enhanced the way that we create. Uh, We use 3D visualization more and more as we are actually designing hotels and restaurants and spas and bars and things like that. Um, We build models that we can get into as virtual reality models. We build the buildings before we build the buildings. We're just building them utilizing technology and we're building them in a collaborative way. So our our consulting team, the owner, the operator, the brand, um, even the contractors getting into the model so uh, and doing takeoffs and doing their approvals. So we're seeing that the creation process itself is really influenced by the way the technology allows us to cross-collaborate. Now, we're also seeing, as we all know, that construction is, in, is significantly enhanced by technology, meaning uh, we can build things we never could build before. Uh, we have machinery that is um, smart enough now to be able to take these files and 3D print from those files, for example, or, uh, you know, laser cut and produce, um, you know, single elements um, that are for use on a single project rather than mass production. Um, So we have technology changing the way that we are that we are making the elements that come together, or the materials that are coming together, um, but we also have new ways of constructing them. We're, we think about uh, prefabrication and modular construction, which leads to you know 
faster production and less waste. And so technology is really changing the way that we're creating and constructing, um, not just in hospitality, but in lots of other industries. Back to your point, Sam, Eric, that other industries uh, have been embracing modular construction, for example, um, you know, in a, in a much more uh, embraced way than hospitality has. So the next area is really sustainable and uh, creation and construction, meaning how can new sustainable practices, not just the energy being used to produce things, um, but the reuse of waste materials going into the production of construction materials themselves, whether it is uh, uh, an aggregate stone material or it's recycled plastics or it's resins being mixed with even um, commercial waste to produce rigid materials like uh, floor tiles and wall tiles. Um, and uh, there, there's more awareness now of how the what the carbon footprint is um, during the production process and shipping process and waste process. All of that is affecting the decisions that we're making around where we're sourcing material and how we're producing things. And then the third category is tech-enhanced spaces and experiences. We're all um, utilizing technology more and more in our daily lives and interacting with other people and spaces um, how will technology as an overlay, whether it's virtual reality, augmented reality, service on demand, QR codes, um, sensors, all kinds of ways in which technology is changing the spaces that we're interacting with and the experiences that are being delivered. And then we have design for multi-use and multi-purpose, which is exactly what I talked about before. How do we have more flexibility within an existing space? Why is it, for example, that a, uh, uh, a space is built for a single purpose, like a ballroom or an outdoor patio space, when new technology could allow us to change the use of those spaces uh, or change the configuration of spaces thanks to, again, um, just intentionality, uh, for flexibility, and also how do we serve more than one purpose within that space or within that building? Again, the idea of being could the same building, uh, as we are starting to see more and more of, serve as a place for multifamily, hospitality, um, and uh, workspace, and uh, maybe even healthcare going forward. And then de lastly, design for complete wellness. Look, wellness is, we're defining wellness as Everything from um, the quality of the food beverage, the quality of the building and the, the air systems and, and operating systems. We're talking about fitness. We're talking about quality of sleep. We're talking about mindfulness. Um, and we're also talking about we're bleeding into sustainability here to anyone with, uh, you know, some some level of conscientiousness about their carbon footprint. Uh, would feel better being in a space knowing that they're not negatively impacting the earth. So all of these things are the the areas that, frankly, our, our brands and sponsors came to us and said, these are the five things that are most urgent uh, for us to focus on. Well, that's a... Uh, I'd like to invite anyone who has questions or comments uh, to post them, and uh, maybe we can address any questions that you have. For Ron, and um, should we perhaps then uh, run to the uh, the other slides here while we are on the yeah. topic? Yeah, sure, sure, sure. So the we're going to share um, 
six concepts that came out of the um, the think tank this year. Um, and again, these relate to those five challenges that I just talked about, um, but they're all um, combining uh, uh, addressing more than one problem at once because we didn't want single solutions associated with single problems. So I'll just quickly describe uh, the, the concept name and then we'll have some imagery, imagery, I believe, to support the ideas. So the first is robotic reset. Again, this is focusing on how um, automation uh, could aid us in changing the configuration or purpose of a space. Uh, the second is Sense and Satisfy, which is really about the integration of sensors in hotels and how might guests' needs be sensed and satisfied uh, without or with some support from human interaction. Right now, you need something and you have to ask for it. Uh, sensors are, are now to the point where um, they'll understand if someone if the light is uh, too bright or needs to be brighter or the sound is too too uh, too loud or needs to be softer. So anyway, we'll get into a bit more detail around that. Um, the third is rebuildable buildings. This isn't just technology enhancing constructability, but deconstructability and reconstructability. Um, could buildings be configured with not only uh, modular construction, but modular reconstruction? Um, the fourth is restorative resorts. Could hotels actually make you feel better um, than when you arrived? I know that's one that you're passionate about. Um, the fifth is AR world in plain sight. This is the role of augmented reality in future hospitality experiences. And then the sixth or last is energy center hotels. This is how hotels could be far more sustainable for themselves and for their communities. Okay, this is uh, every single thing is so exciting here where we are moving and then yeah. you have already yeah. here a slide of, uh, of a room, right? Can you explain yeah, this? this is a robotic, yeah, this is robotic reset. So uh, this image was developed by OBMI um, architects and Again, this was to capture the thinking of the larger group, but what you're seeing here integrates um, a bunch of uh, new technologies. They're proposing that um, things, can, things can go into the floor, or go into the ceiling, or be revealed from within the walls in terms of objects in order to allow someone to work in the environment, entertain in the environment, sleep in the environment, create a bit of a spa environment, maybe even exercise in that same environment. Um, and yes, there's all kinds of touchscreen interactivity, programmable LED lighting, surfaces that are like the window beyond, but even the wall surfaces can be converted into transformative kind of LED screen technology. You could be anywhere. Um, the belief here is that uh, hotel guest rooms are fixed right now, right? That that too much of the way that rooms are designed is in a um, Im immobile state. We have things that occupy a lot of floor space, like beds, for example, 
that perhaps um, could be more flexible than that. And we're seeing all kinds of new technologies where beds are rising into ceilings, revealing sofas underneath. And that's a great example, actually, uh, of the kind of flexibility that we're talking about. So um, this, this image was meant to also convey kind of an environment that is programmable, but but allows for a level of of rest and wellness and reset, um, where it really can make you feel better as a as a, a a bit of a destination in its own right. That 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 has some restorative capabilities. So so that's what we're looking at here. Uh, all kinds of things move and. Uh, and again, it's a it's a bit of a futuristic vision. That's part of what we're trying to do, uh, but it's also uh, you know familiar and sci-fi at the same time. Yeah, I, I, I like this concept. I mean, uh, in a sense that uh, hotels have thought about this for the longest time, but the solutions were very basic. I mean, uh, just the anecdote. I I was. For my graduation from UNLV, I, I did a project for uh, what, I, what I vision was for a hotel, an airport hotel in, uh, in uh, San Diego. And the idea was that you have a, a hotel room, which then can, and this was for the, uh, for the road warriors, the business travelers who came to present their products. And the idea was that they will uh, use it in the daytime for meetings and to displaying their products. And then in the nighttime, it turns to their, their bedroom. And uh, my analog solution was a psycho bed that uh, was, came down from the, from the wall. So, I mean, we have, I think the thinking has been going on for a long time, but now we are go- taking it really to a, a level uh, over for 30 years later where we, we are looking at changing the mood and the atmosphere and in a very, uh, very uh, seamless way, if, I'm not, if I may say so. Yeah, well, so so let's talk for a moment about why some of that is now possible. Um, you know, we have uh, we have more affordability as it relates to the systems that are required in order to automate some of that. We have new materials that are being manufactured that are lightweight and strong. We have um, a overpopulation in some areas, so. There's actually a commercial need uh, in some, you know, for example, far eastern com- countries like Japan, where space is, you know, at a premium. Uh, there needs to be innovative solutions for use of space, uh, and that's driving certain things. And then you're seeing companies like IKEA. Um, sorry to give a shout out to a Swedish company on a Finnish show, um, but you're seeing companies like IKEA invest in technology innovation for moving wall partitions and integrating bed surfaces and storage solutions. So um, when you're seeing things uh, at a commercial residential scale, um, that becomes uh, something that will find its way into people's homes. And if it's in people's homes, it becomes an expectation that they'll find it in hospitality. Uh, So sometimes it flows the other way around where people want a premium bed experience and they buy the heavenly bed to, to have in their own home. And that's the bed developed by W Hotels, uh, now a Marriott product. Um, 
And, uh, and other times it flows the other way where people are looking for the comforts of home and their hospitality experience. And I just wanted to build on that for one second, Sam Eric, which is if we don't give guests a reason to travel and stay at our hotels, they may not come especially if we can have these kinds of conversations remotely. So what does that mean? It means that the hospitality owner-operator has to have a compelling enough offer that it's worthwhile to make that trip, often a trip that's riddled with challenges, to go experience a place or spend time face-to-face. So there is a driver for innovation and refinement of enhanced guest experiences just because the world has changed as a result of the pandemic. So I just wanted to underscore that. So sometimes when, when you know, we talk about the future as part of the Hotel Tomorrow Project or, or elsewhere, it's easy to lose sight of the present and uh, the, the, uh, all, the, all of the, the problems we're seeking to solve in those future solutions are all growing out of present problems. Yeah, I mean, it just reminds me of how every, the, the big buzzword is sustainability. Turns out, um, according to Booking.com, uh, uh, close to 90% of uh, people in their survey say that they want to travel in sustainab- sustainable way. But of course, in reality, it doesn't happen that. And also companies and the CEOs are, of the companies are saying that uh, they, they are green, they are sustainable, but they, uh, and the operation is sustainable. But when it comes to the crunch, it, it, it's uh, uh, in some cases a, a greenwash discussion rather than in reality. So I think the, the customer will choose with their wallet if the, if the company is true to what they are saying. And this can be, has to be verified and has to be developed the trust between the customer and, and the hotel. I just thought I'd throw this side note. No, I, I love that you went there. Um, and look, the... If you're booking on Google right now, you're making a decision not based on just airlines, time of flight, and cost of travel. You're also making a decision based on your carbon footprint because that data is right there in front of you as you're making that decision. So it starts with access to additional information. uh, And then as soon as your carbon footprint is a higher priority, over cost of travel or airline, um, then then we're going to start to see an even greater impact on whether or not you choose to travel. Or imagine, uh, Sam Eric, look, there's some there's some alternative fuels out there right now that are not petroleum based fuels that are um, being utilized by some airlines right now. Uh, we see in evolution electric planes um, that are under development. We're going to find alternatives to the traditional jet fuel powered um, airplanes. And then we're going to see if what people are, you know, if, if they're going to be choosing uh, to travel, but to lower their carbon footprint at the same time, um, not just through carbon offsets as it's being done right now. So, uh, yeah, I think you're right. Uh, once we understand that sustainability is a bigger part of the value equation, then I think we're going to, but it starts with information. It starts with people like Google saying, 
we're going to put that information in the hands of the consumer right at the moment of purchase. Yeah, that's very good. All right. Uh, should we take a look at the rest of the slides here, the robotic reset? Yeah, that one, that is just an explanation of what we just went through is just a deeper kind of explanation for those people who are viewing this on a larger screen. They can read it themselves or pause, and and uh, that's why we inserted this one. Let's let's move on to the the next uh, the next concept, if you don't mind. Yeah, this is a sense and satisfy suite. Uh, there's all kinds of technology that's being integrated here. Um, on the far left, we have someone who is. Uh, utilizing the kitchen in the suite to prepare a meal, but it's aided by some advanced technology, some AI technology that will allow uh, the person cooking the meal to uh, understand what can be done with the available ingredients and the cook times to satisfy the different people who are in the, um, in the, in the suite uh, that are going to be enjoying the meal together. And we, we, we included that because we're seeing some pretty incredible technologies um, that are finding their way into meal preparation. And, um, you know, we don't have to think about hospitality as purely a restaurant or room service. Uh, we believe, particularly in a post-pandemic world and with the advent of more technology, um, the notion of being able to prepare your own meal uh, might be even more appealing and there's some some uh, great technologies that allow for the cooking or heating and uh, as well as technologies that can help in the menu planning. Um, in the foreground, we have a, uh, a, a shadow light character there playing with a, a hologram dog uh, that's sitting on the table. That's an that's an education and entertainment tool, that hologram dog. Um, and what we're trying to show is that multiple needs could be could be sensed and satisfied within the same environment, uh, a need for food, a need for education or entertainment. Um, in the background, we have a, uh, a shadow figure of a, a gentleman on a video call where information is being presented as it's needed. But by the way, that is, that's something that um, is not far reaching. Um, right now, we all scramble for that additional information we need when uh, we're on a video call or a call. Uh, and we believe that some of that sensing technology by listening to a conversation, um, AI is gonna allow us to have more information at our fingertips when we need it. And then in the far right, we have an anti-gravity chamber where someone is levitating and meditating. Um, but the, while it seems quite far-fetched, uh, uh, we're not suggesting that anti-gravity technology is readily available. It is not. Uh, but the notion of having a space for mindfulness, a place that can feel immersive and escapist, uh, would be really, really valuable. Uh, we think, for example, of sleep right now as something that is a, you know, a, a six to eight hour required brain reset. Um, we are learning more and more about the power of um, smaller, um, smaller uh, sleep or, or rest in smaller segments that could increase kind of quality of life and quality of health. And so this is uh, on the far right there, just 
an example to prompt the question of what rest, relaxation, reset, wellness is. Uh, and again, there's just more information that's available to us as we are, frankly, in environments or wearing um, sensors on our bodies that can tell us incredible things about what's going on. Look, you can put a baby in a, uh, a onesie that can monitor the baby's temperature, the baby's heart rate, the baby's breathing rate, um, their blood oxygen levels, et cetera. And it's all woven into the cloth of, of their, their pajamas. Um, we can wear, Samsung has developed a, a wearable for your brain scan that is monitoring the level of brain activity or uh, inactivity. Uh, we, we know we have heart rate monitors and blood ox uh, monitors that we're wearing on things like Apple Watches right now. So um, there will be more and more sensors around us. And then the question is, how much of the, what the information that's coming off those sensors is going to be shared with the environment of a hotel or your home or others, uh, like your doctor? And then what do they do with that information? Is that information then going to help reset the light levels, the volume levels, the, the, the food that's available, the entertainment, the mindfulness programming? All of that is and of what happens when we have more sensors that are telling us more about what's going on around us. I'm, I'm glad you talked about the, the, this, the wellness because now I think there's a, particularly the, the pandemic period has created a, a, a enhanced awareness about the wellness and mindful and well-being. And I think the, the, the spas are evolving from the traditional massage to something much more than that. It's become almost like a human design clinic in the future where you can, <laughs> something more will happen there where you are, uh, you're going there to re not only rejuvenate, it's not going to uh, nip and tuck, but something more that you are, uh, your, your mind, but also that you are, you can, the skincare is getting much better, the products are getting better, and, and uh, you come out with as a, uh, as a, uh, healthier person and, and obviously everyone has in their mind that they can have a long, happy and uh, a long life. And, and now the, the future of the spas, I think, directing into that because people are now in, in such an urge that something, that there will be products available for them. Absolutely. Uh, quick shout out for the Lolu Spa there in Helsinki. I mean, that's, that's a that's a great example of an immersive environment that is a full experience where you can enjoy the 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 sauna and uh, also enjoy the restaurant and bar and and also enjoy the view of the water and um, we're going to see that kind of um, transformative travel is what we call it uh, available uh, more and more again let's go back to that point. Give me a reason to travel. If I told you that you will feel better as a result of staying in my hotel, uh, that is a pretty compelling offer. Try putting a price tag on health, right? Yeah, absolutely. Price at the, at the end of the day is an emotional issue. You, when you see you're fine getting value out of it, it's not an expensive proposition. That's right. Yeah. So okay. I know you have more images, uh, yeah. and we've been we've been – chatting or I've been monologuing for quite a while here. Um, what's, what's our next image here? I'll, I'll try to keep this one somewhat short. Oh, this is a, um, 
this is a this is a solution where we've integrated automation into a ballroom space uh, where the chairs and the tables are uh, are mobile. Um, they're controlled uh, by someone utilizing a device to set the table, the ballroom tables, the banquet tables where they want them. Um, we we've integrated all kinds of um, automation into the the stage that can reassemble itself, or the flooring that can switch over uh, from carpet to our surface materials. Uh, we're we're utilizing some robotics here to help place um, floor tiles. For example, this image was actually developed uh, in conjunction with Millican Flooring. Um, we have an LED light netting solution uh, for the ceiling, so we can place light where we need it. Uh, and we can drop it down and also create some drama. Um, and this is a rebuildable building solution, incidentally. So the what looks like a skin of a building that is some kind of open-celled frame structure with, um, with a view of the city beyond is actually just LED screens separated with some um, organic-looking modular components. Um, the, the idea is that many ballrooms or interior spaces or within buildings have very little uh, excitement uh, around a view and therefore they're not the kinds of places where people want to have um, energetic uh, high-end social gatherings. And this is just contemplating what, how we might transform any space into a space with far more visual interest and uh, a far more dramatic setting. Uh, we're also doing some interesting things with um, uh, some suspended holography uh, for the these green kind of shapes that are floating above the tables are actually some floating screens. Uh, there's all kinds of inefficiency in the way that ballrooms are designed right now where the images we're looking at are very far away or the sound we're listening to is far away. Uh, this is meant to be a way to bring the the imagery and the and the audio much closer to the actual viewer. Okay. Uh, this is a this is a uh, this is a pod concept. Um, you know, look, we're we're seeing this huge spike in interest in alternative lodging right now. Um, people want to experience a different kind of lodging experience. It could be in a treehouse or it could be under canvas. Uh, it could be in, in more remote cabins, uh, something as an alternative to the more traditional kind of uh, hotel environment. And uh, oftentimes the, the, we're seeing a demand for clusters of that kind of lodging. So you can experience this as part of a larger group. Uh, this idea contemplates some prefabricated um, uh, pod structures that could be dropped around the pool. Uh, or in the pool that could get the benefit of uh, some of the uh, the beauty of the environment and the clean air and, and all that and some solar power, uh, but also um, so geo, some geothermal, so our heating and cooling systems could benefit from the water that's there. Uh, and just frankly, put people closer to nature. There's just, a, a, I'm sure it's true in, in Finland as it is in the U.S., there's just a greater, greater demand for uh, the ability to spend time outdoors, and uh, this idea contemplated how to utilize underutilize how to how to utilize underutilize real estate um, on a given property, um, and these uh, prefabricated modular pods was that solution. 
Is that something that has come up because of the, uh, this uh, pandemic period, or was it, uh, I mean, the idea of, of that you're just describing, or is it something that came? Yeah. Well, the 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 uh, the, the trend was was there pre-pandemic, but the spike in interest. Um, the number of visitors to our national parks and destination outdoor recreation locations has gone up, um, you know, significantly as a result of the pandemic. So, yeah. uh, you know, the benefits of clean air uh, and also the preciousness of life and the interest in sustainability, all those things coupled together have created a greater demand there. Yeah. Yeah. I also have to give a shout out to Studio Puisto because Studio Puisto created this space of mind these uh, 10 square meter small cabins, which you can place on the top of a rock or you can put them in, uh, in a very isolated area. So this micro hospitality concept is, uh, has been now gro particularly growing. And I think this is an area which uh, un young entrepreneurs, couples who want to get, their, uh, uh, get excited about changing a career and, and start their own little resort and using these small cabins to, be, to develop into uh, an experience for for tra travelers, and it's something that we have seen. Uh, we see that in in, in Germany, in, in Canada, but now in Finland, yeah, some of the entrepreneurs are opening up their own micro hospitality areas, which are doing very very well. So it's uh, a new era for, so to speak, the non hoteliers or or for hoteliers. Um, uh, I will. I'll, I'll use this uh, your podcast as a, an announcement platform. So we're part of a new brand called Outbound, which is going to utilize cabins uh, in addition to hotels um, to bring people together in alternative lodging settings in beautiful national park locations throughout the United States and hopefully beyond, and provide this kind of unique boutique hotel experience. Um, because we see what you see, which is that there's uh, a great opportunity there to offer up an alternative form of of lodging and uh, and hospitality accommodations. Absolutely. What else did I give you? Oh, this is the uh, this is the AR world in in, in uh, plain sight. This is augmented reality overlay. The 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 here's here's the headline here. The headline is there. We can put an information layer in your hand that is viewable to you in your own language, in your own font size, and um, that could allow you to see where uh, to go within a hotel or where people are who you know, or to read the menu of a bar uh, in your own native language, uh, or to time travel, to see that when Mick Jagger from the Rolling Stones walked through the lobby three years ago to do a concert, um, he was there and you've captured it on video and you can use your own device to time travel back to that moment and see him in that space. Um, so, so we think that there's this whole beautiful opportunity for an augmented, uh, reality overlay of information and, um, the hospitality experience then on property could be far different than it is now. Yeah, and I'm not even getting into like advertising capabilities and everything mm. else, uh, but there's there's all kinds of ways in which uh, we could extend uh, information and hospitality and service directly to people through some form of augmented reality. Mm -hmm. And then I think I have one more image to share, and I'll try to keep that one brief. 
Um, yeah, this image was done by my good friend Kevin Richards, and this is a uh, a power center hotel. Um, the there are advanced photovoltaics that are flexible skins um, that can capture solar energy power. It's all experimental right now. Um, we can 3D print photovoltaics right now, as a matter of fact, with all the circuitry. Um, this is just a, a flex fabric solution associated with the same technology. Um, but the idea is could we harness solar power on the outside of our buildings, often large buildings with a lot of sun exposure and major urban centers, and then share that energy capture out to other buildings and be a power center ourselves um that's the big idea there there's there's more associated with this uh frankly hospitality can be a leader as it relates to um sustainability power generation uh can be a leader in diversity equity and inclusion can be a leader in uh helping lift up the people in our communities uh that that might need a little more help um, you know, hospitality attracts a level of, of people who, who are eager to, to serve and uh, to extend their graciousness to, to better the world. And, um, you know, we feel the responsibility with Hotel Tomorrow to make sure that we are, you know, giving examples of ideas of a, of a future vision uh, that is a more a fair and just and sustainable world. Very good. We got the uh, excellent presentation. Thanks for sharing this. Uh, and um, if there is anyone who has a comment or question, just post them. And we will address them. Otherwise, we can make sure we forward these comments to you uh, separately uh, as the people have a chance to digest this uh, wealth of information you are sharing. Thanks for joining us this week on the Social Hotelier Show. Make sure to visit our website, b8vhospitality.com, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes or Spotify, so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in the show, we appreciate rating on iTunes, or if you simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us too. Be sure to tune in for our next episode.